Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planeton, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create an inspired life. We do so by working on our own personal development so we can be strong role models for those we love and mentor for our future selves, too. That's why today we're doing Psych 100 and Queen's University. And let's just get in here. I hope you're nested. I hope you're organized. You have your notebook, you have your index cards, you have your highlighter, and maybe just read along or if you're listening to this as you're driving or before you go to sleep, <laughs> it might put you to sleep. I hope you enjoy our journey through this class. Let's get started. The course begins with chapter one in navigating the principles of psychology. It gives you a foundation of what to expect in this course and outlines the learning objectives. The learning objectives is what we focus on with each topic. So the beginning is really to describe factors that impact adjustment to post-secondary education and that predicts success. Ah, isn't that interesting? Well, academic adjustment isn't easy for anyone. One's ability to adequately cope with the demands of post-secondary education, that is what it's defined as. And it's something that's a little bit different than when you go to high school or even college or trade school. There's a lot more pressure. And that is why you need to understand there is an adjustment and you're not going to be the only one. These include... Mm -hmm, but are not limited to loneliness, maybe some financial stress. It's an expensive venture to go to university. Class format, very, very different, at least in the beginning. When you first start out, look at this. Psych 100 has at least 400 students formally enrolled. And this online course we're doing right now has more than that. That is a lot of people. And it's all online. So there's no real direct involvement. We have to help each other. And that's why I wanted to do this online. Freedom. Well, yeah, <laughs> you have a lot more freedom, especially if you're doing it online because you set your schedule. And that's why last week I talked about setting up your nest, setting yourself up for success, finding what works for you. If you need to wear a lucky watch, if you need to put on a thinking cap, if you only can think while you're walking or while you're standing up, you have to find what works for you in your nest. Another thing they mention in the course is the social opportunities. Well, if you're on campus, it's a lot different vibe than when you're online. But if you integrate yourself into the course, participate in the discussion boards, Participate in comments in this video. You you get a bigger connection and you get your mind going and your thoughts going and you understand you're not alone because personal and emotional problems, <laughs> that's normal. You know, our brains are still developing. At least, you know, they're just kind of on, on craziness, at least till age 25, but we never stop learning. So in order to be successful from a developmental portion, the course says you have to develop your personal values, beliefs, and goals, as well as int intimate trusting relationships. 
So when you question one's purpose, self-worth, relationship, it's normal. It also (laughs) brings your emotions to the surface, but that's okay. It's normal. Just keep that in mind and keep that in mind as you're you're going through the course because you're going to reach a point where it's like, oh man, this is overwhelming. You take little steps one at a time. So keep moving forward. Remember that you're not alone and you will be successful at this course. So the next challenge, or I guess the next learning objectives was understanding that psychology is a broad science that integrates diverse approaches and methodologies that have their roots in other disciplines. Yes, psychology is not one and alone. It's biology, mathematics, philosophy, that type of thing. So in fact, (laughs) academic challenges, well, psychology is a science. And it says here that the most common source of academic difficulties in principles of psychology stems from a fundamental misunderstanding of what psychology is. So it's far more encompassing. I have to be honest, when I signed up for this course, I, I, I thought it was mostly about, you know, personality. Um, that's what we're taught in high school. You know, there's psychology and then there's social psychology and, and that's as far as it ever went. But it's far more encompassing. And the study of psychology is firmly grounded in empiricism and the scientific method. In order to understand and interpret research in psychology, it is critical to have a firm grasp of research design, hypotheses testing, and statistics. So empiricism is literally that you can prove something. So you're able to develop a scientific experiment and and have provable outcomes. I hope that makes sense. And (laughs) it goes on to say further, one of the most exciting things about psychology is that it is multidisciplinary. So our thoughts and behaviors are complex, and to understand them, scientists must draw on theory and methods from diverse disciplines. One example of drawing on information from diverse fields is the National Institute of Mental Health's Influential Research Domain Criteria Project. Yes, launched in 2008, it has shaped how scientists study the causes and symptoms of mental illnesses. 2008, we're still moving forward in making progress. It goes on to say, guided by this comprehensive understanding of mental illness, scientists and clinicians have made breakthroughs in treatment and prevention. What does this all mean? The bottom line is that some of the content in principles of psychology will overlap. So if you're taking a biology course, a math course, a statistic course, even a neuroscience course, you will have some overlap. And I think that's a good thing. If you're simply taking this one course, because it's a lot to digest, it'll give you a little bit of insight into those other topics, which I think is is really good. Now, what's interesting about this course, it's normally a 24-week course, and this online course is 12 weeks. So we're doubling up, we're leveling up, and we have to keep our mindset positive. The next learning objective is to learn the scope of mental health problems faced by university students, including those enrolled in principles of psychology, and how that might affect working with course content. 
I found this one really quite interesting because I didn't realize that it was so prevalent, especially in university, and especially the fact that 50% of the people drop out in the first two years. That is that the pressure is intense and the workload is intense. And think about this workload half the time. This online course and online learning is actually more difficult than in-person learning half the time. So there's multiple methods of learning and mastering the information. <laughs> so you have to, you know, shift gears a lot. Um, and because it's online, not all of this material is mm, applies. But if it was an in-person, it would be completely different. But they have set it up really nicely with there's uh, even though there's not in-person lectures, there's a lot of videos to watch, a lot of external videos. Um, we'll watch TED Talks, we'll watch science talks, we'll even watch somebody review the brain, uh, like a real one. That one's kind of scary for me, but <laughs> they they're really try hard in this online course to, to make it all-encompassing because there is no in-person um, attendance per se. So where does the part where the, you know, how it affects uh, the university student? Well, it's different trigger warnings, emotional challenges. Um, university is not easy and it's very distracting and we're actually probably lucky we don't have the extra people out there, you know, to to sideline us that's why distraction nesting having your space where you can just focus is really really important so if you're at university in person um there's you know a lot of partying going on a lot of you know adjustment going on uh maybe <laughs> maybe you're doing it yourself but this is this is the sad part this is the sad part about the statistics of this. Um, they did suicide thought surveys and behaviors from incoming students. And one third of the students reported seriously thinking of killing themselves on person. 17 and a half plan, made a plan. Like they thought about it, you know, they didn't actually get past that part. But finally, before starting university, more than one in 25 students reported having done something to purposefully injure themselves with some intent to die by their own hands. This was a super shocker eye-opener for me. Students need support. And, and this isn't even just university students. It's any type of student. It is incredible to me that people actually think this way. Um, and I say that because I did part of this course, you can participate in studies. And I thought, well, sure, research studies, what are they studying, the brain, what are they doing? So I signed up, I thought, yeah, sure, use me as a guinea pig. And oh my goodness, I'm going to say half the questions were about suicide. And I thought, what on earth is going on? Why would you ask me these things? Why would you put those thoughts in my head when you didn't balance it out with 
positive thoughts. I don't know if that makes sense, but I was really waiting for the question, you know, the levels of questions to change, to, to get to the other side. Because without a yin, there is no yang, and you have to have that balance. So it was interesting that these research studies simply focused on negative vibes, if you <laughs> if you like, but it was just, come on, guys. If you're going to ask me a question about, have you thought about killing yourself lately? Well, why don't you balance that out with, um, have you thought how wonderful life is? Are you grateful for all that you have? I don't know. I'm just brainstorming and thinking out loud. But this is my forewarning about this course. Is It talks about some pretty dark experiences because we do have a dark side as humans, don't we? So this is, this is just concerning. And I'm not sure we're going to be tested per se about this. But there is academic adjustment to university life or even online learning. Please, please, please don't doubt yourself. You deserve this. You signed up for this. You have a dream. You have a goal. You have a vision. Think about the positive side of psychology. Think about that. It helps me. <laughs> the next learning objective is define trigger warnings and describe the existing evidence for why they're not used in principles of psychology. Now, this is a little bit of a mixed message. I'm just going to say that out loud. And this is my personal personal opinion. And it says that the trigger warnings are not used in principles of psychology. Trigger warnings are advanced notifications at the start of a video, piece of writing, or an educational context that contains potentially distressing material. And they say that trigger warnings uh, on the surface help people cope with challenging information. Hmm. But they say that their primary reason for not using trigger warnings is a lack of scientific evidence that they do what they're supposed to. If trigger warnings protected students from discomfort or distress, using them might have benefits that outweigh their psychological costs. So interestingly enough, there is some video links that are used in this course for out outside YouTube videos, etc., that those videos have warnings like, hey, you have to be over 18 to watch this, that type of thing. Mm. So in order to uh, look ahead at the syllabus, see where you are going. Um, if you think it's going to be potentially upsetting, then read ahead and know that if you want to talk to someone about it, there's lots of resources at the university, and that's and that's nice. That's that's important. But um, again, if you can just take a step back and not dig into the Kool Aid so much, it might it might help. It might make a difference. The next uh, learning objective is to understand and use where appropriate strategies to overcome the academic challenges that this course may present. And really, it's all about self-care, taking care of yourself, coping, um, you know, hygiene, managing your own wellness, trust yourself. And <laughs> it's funny here, true self-care is not salt baths and chocolate cake. It is making the choice to build a life you don't need to regularly escape from. Brianna Weiss, yes. That's where people start using 
you know, sedatives or drinking too much to just kind of numb out the pain and creating a life that you don't need to escape from. That's true self-care. And it goes on to say that one of the things that makes self-care tricky is that there are many different areas. If you're spending all your time and energy on your physical health and school, you may find you're not getting enough social time. Similarly, if you're staying up really late every night of the week to spend time with friends, the exhaustion is going to catch up with you. Yes, so it's it's all about making choices and understanding the consequences. And when you're young, oh man, you can probably run a marathon and not think about it twice. But eventually it catches up with you and eventually you fall behind schedule. And then that's when the pressure, the stress really builds up. They give you some ideas here, some deep breathing exercises. I mean, really, that's the monk life, isn't it? We begin our life breathing and we end our life by stop breathing. So controlling your breath, just taking a moment, breathe in, breathe out. The process of deep breathing signals to your body that is safe to relax and activates your relaxation response. I do like that one. The next is progressive muscle relaxation. You know, when you're stressed, you're tightened up, you're like, oh, you just your whole body is just tense, tense, tense. You have to relax your muscle group. And this relaxing of our tension sends feedback to our brain that we are feeling calm and relaxed. You know what I do? I'm just going to say this out loud. It's it's a little fun fact. Is I have a rebounder. Yes, a rebounder, which is a teeny weeny mini trampoline looking device that if I'm sitting too long or if I'm getting a little worked up, I get on my rebounder and I just bounce for, I don't know, five minutes. Maybe I do 20 bounces, whatever it takes to just kind of like relax the body, take a purposeful step to relax the muscles. The next is visualization. Ah, go to your happy place. Well, visualization shows that focusing on the imagination is a positive way to result in a state of ease, mood regulation, and can having a relaxing effect. Now, you have to imagine a place where you feel calm and safe. You can't imagine what somebody is thinking about you or who said what. All of that is in their imagination. Nobody's thinking about you. You think about you. You think about what makes you relax. A happy thought. Maybe just, you know, what's your jam? Listen to some music. Just that all connects in order to help you become grounded. And grounding is a simple set of strategies to help detach from emotional pain, such as sadness, anger, or anxiety. Yes, we have to let go, right? So when you're feeling overwhelmed, it can help you to find a way to detach so you can gain control of your feelings and cope. Cope. Let go. So this chapter goes on to give you some ideas on how to mentally ground yourself, right? It's all about describing like an activity in great detail, just kind of like, I love to cook. I love to just focus on cooking. I love creating a beautiful meal for me and my family. And you got this. You got this. 
you got this. You can handle this. You can mentally ground yourself by maybe, you know, having something that makes you happy and just relaxed. Another way is physical grounding. You know, just like I talked about what my physical grounding is getting on my my rebounder and just bouncing for a little bit and just, you know, feeling, feeling my, my muscles and my breath going and just, 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 just distracts me from the stress. Now it also says physical grounding is eating something and, you know, describing the textures, you hold the item of food in your mouth. Maybe it's just, you know, Wake up, smell the coffee, appreciate Like There's nothing better. And I can smell the coffee brewing in the morning. There's nothing better when I can smell a turkey cooking in the oven. So smells, which Proust, uh, Marcel Proust, really focused on a lot in his writing. Talks, you know, that that brings back happy memories when you can focus on something like that. And of course, the planned exercise. First thing I do every morning, and this was not easy to do, and it's never surrendering, never giving up. Every single morning, no matter what, I exercise. I get on my bike usually and exercise. That is how I start my day. It took a long time to get to that point, but now it's like I get out of bed and I'm like a robot. I exercise. You can build that up. I actually did a whole episode on that, <laughs> on how I built up my exercise routine. It takes time. Another idea is to um, go where your faith is. Go where your group is, your community is, your culture. Um, culture influences our experience in many ways and can have a significant impact on our mental health. You know, do you like to go to church? Well, don't give that up. Do you like to meditate? Don't give that up. You need to just, you know, keep going. And culture is what makes us unique. Culture is what makes you who you are. It's 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 embedded in you. So don't give that up. And the next we had kind of talked about this was healthy eating. Maintaining a healthy, balanced diet. So, so important. And you know what I do is I prepare. This is my Sunday night regime. I prepare food for the following week. I slice up my veggies. I wash my fruit. I make a few meals ahead of time that if I'm running late, I can just heat them and eat them and you know that type of thing so I do some meal planning not completely like in detail but just if I can cut up the veggies like have you know some celery some broccoli some cauliflower some carrots some zucchini you know some hard vegetables that I can just have them mixed up and then add them to my salad or have them as a snack later it's so much easier and it makes eating healthy a lot easier and, you know, nowadays in the grocery store, they have a lot of pre-cut food. It's kind of more expensive because somebody else has done the chopping for you. But, you know, don't worry. You're not going to run out of food. You will be able to eat. Your instinct, your hunger instinct 
is real. And honestly, when you are hungry, you can't think. So take a moment and eat food. When I first moved out of my house <laughs> from my parents' house, I my food budget was was quite uh, sparse. But I got creative, and when I couldn't afford to buy chicken or a protein, uh, eggs are a great protein. I love eggs, but you know you have to fit what your diet works for. Um, I, I literally made a sandwich out of mustard and mayonnaise and pretended I had a chicken sandwich. <laughs> so I don't know. There's probably a psychology behind that, but I didn't go hungry, and and you won't. So don't worry about it. It's you have to find some snack food that's healthy. You have to read the label and and use it for you. So these different strategies uh, that they've given us here in chapter one are all about setting the foundation, you know, and using the resources at the university. And even if you're taking this online, there's phone numbers you can call. There's actually a student um, center that I've actually utilized before and just had somebody look at my work, you know, give me some feedback. It's free. You have to book it, but it's free. Um, they give you links on different websites and 800 numbers, etc. cetera. Um, there's some links here too for resources for time management. You have to do what works for you. I'm a paper person. It helps me with my cognitive development as well. I I might have a list on my phone with reminders, but it's not coursework. It's not um, anything, you know, to do with electronics because I have enough screen time. I don't want any more screen time. But they do talk about, you know, if that's your jam, then there's links. And I did try one link. It's called Anki, Create Your Own Cue Cards to Help Studying. Um, it didn't work for me. <laughs> I'm just going to say that out loud. Because <laughs> then again, I had to do screen time again. So I have paper paper cards and that works for me because I'm writing it down and I'm and I'm doing a lot of repetition. Repetition works for me. And I'm being healthy and I'm, you know, keeping my brain happy. And I read not too long ago that glutamate, which is in tomato juice, it's a natural substance in tomato juice, actually helps in learning. Now I'm not a scientist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a human that read this and I'm trying it out on myself because I like to exper experiment on when I hear these different things. So whatever helps you the best, that's, that's what you have to work with. And there you have it. That is it. Now, I will point out at the end of each chapter, there is a reference material that they go over where they got the papers that they referenced in the big picture. It's a lot of information. But as the course goes on, and I'm going to do uh, bonus episodes, I guess you want to call them, on the definitions, because I'm going to record these definitions, and I'm going to listen to these definitions, maybe when I'm out going for a walk, maybe when uh, before I go to sleep, just because the terminology, it's like learning a new language. So hopefully that uh, <laughs> that helps out. <laughs> And now we are going to go next to chapter two. We're excited. This is really, really exciting. 
And make sure you hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss the next chapter. I'm Diane Planadin, and you are worthy. You got this, and you deserve to live an inspired life.